0: Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. I know it's been a while since I made a post, but I very much needed a mental health break. There's been a lot of things going on, and there's one topic that has, it's really hit me very close to home, and I kind of wanted to expand on it a little bit. So, I want you to think about something. So, think about 6,700 children being assaulted within a matter of seconds. Just think about that for a second. You don't have to think about the graphic details, but just that fact that there were 6,700 children assaulted within a matter of seconds. Now, I don't really like to get into politics and things like that, but unfortunately, this topic is something that I felt I needed to speak about. So, I was watching the Supreme Court nominee nomination hearings, or whatever they're called, and it was brought up about sentencing that... Judge Jackson had done while she was on the bench as a judge and a case was brought up about the United States v. Stewart and he was found with 6,700 images of child sexual assault material and was given a light sentence. I believe it was about 50 months, I mean, it was less than five years, and her reasoning that she gave was, back in the day, you used to have to send one picture at a time through the mail when it came to that kind of material, so if you had a lot, then you really had to do a lot in order to get that many images, but nowadays, with the internet, with one click, you can send tens of thousands of images. The one thing that bothers me the most is that they're calling it images. They're not calling it what it is. And it's child sexual assault material. Also, child pornography. And I get it, okay? It's easy for the pedophiles the predators and whatever to do these kinds of things and send those kinds of videos and pictures and everything but what i don't get is why people kind of dehumanize the fact that there are actual victims yes this man had that many pictures or videos or whatever But why isn't it talked about that it was pictures of children that were being assaulted? And I know this is a little more graphic than I normally get into, but I've spoken about it before, how there's this very common misconception that if you are in possession of this kind of material, that it's a victimless crime because that child is not in the room with you. And I kind of understand it to a point, but that child was still assaulted and that child was violated. And that picture or that video was shared with thousands of people, maybe even tens of thousands, maybe even up to millions of people. We don't know. And it never goes away. So, giving someone a lighter sentence because it's easier to obtain that amount, somehow she was trying to justify that it wasn't as aggressive as it would have been if it was back in the 90s or pre-internet days. So, does that make what happened to that child less because it can be shared so quickly on the internet? Does that mean that those images can go away? Because they can't. (laughs) Once it's on the internet, it's out there forever. And I know as a survivor of child sexual assault material, at any moment Of any day, I can sit here and say, there is somebody looking at a picture of me as a child. And I feel violated. I feel disgusting. I feel like what happened when that picture or that video was taken is happening all over again. And there's no escaping this. Because there's no way to stop it. There's no way for me to sit here and have it erased from the internet. And yes, I mean, there could be my neighbor. I doubt it. But my neighbor could have pictures of me as a child. And they would never know that it was me. But that doesn't make it less of a crime. And it doesn't make it less violating or less traumatic. I actually with my sister she was sent that kind of material and it was turned over and reported and everything was handled and it turned out it was a picture of me from like the early 90s and this was just a few years ago I mean this stuff just sticks with you it's the thing you never get to go away It's the trauma that keeps on traumatizing you over and over again, day in and day out. And it very much bothers me that during these confirmation hearings that this topic is kind of being silenced in a way and answers aren't really being given and it's not being addressed because as a survivor, if I ever was able to come forward and press charges i need to know how the supreme court would handle this case because it may very well end up there in if appeal after appeal or whatever so these are the questions that i have how would she handle that now i know it seems like a drastic segue or whatever you want to call it but My parents had easy access to a victim to sex traffic. So, does that mean that their crime was not as aggressive as somebody that groomed and kidnapped a child or groomed and kidnapped a woman? I mean, these are the things that go through my mind and the things that I think people need to start thinking about because... If we're not thinking about all of it and we're not putting the pieces together and if we're not talking about it, it's always going to be brushed under the rug. And her response, I actually learned from my therapist when I was talking with him. I I mean it took me forever to be able to find it. So it's not simple. It's not okay, this person has this many images. This person has this many videos and pictures of a child being assaulted, violated, and exploited. We have to start to use the right words because they're always going to dumb it down and they're going to try to make it sound like it's not that bad. But it is bad because there are so There is so much of this kind of thing floating around on the web. I mean, it's on Pornhub. It's on other porn sites. It's on the dark web. It's everywhere. And everyone detaches the fact that that is a real child, a living, breathing human being in that picture. And sometimes they're still children when that picture is shared. But other times, they've grown up to be adults, to live normal lives, and, well, semi-normal lives. But it haunts us, and it definitely haunts me almost every day. I think out of all the things that I've gone through, this one is the one that sits with me the most, because I know that these images are going to be shared and these videos are going to be shared long after I'm forgotten and it's never going to end and it needs to. But if we're going to sit here and say things like she said and say, well, with the internet, it's just easy. So it's not as aggravating and whatever other things that she had said, because honestly, I cried through the whole video. That's never going to help any victim. It's not going to help anyone. It's just going to make things worse because people are going to continue to look the other way. And it happens all the time. And it's not just with that. It's with sex trafficking. It's with sexual assault childhood trauma I mean the list goes on and on of when people want to look away 6,700 children were assaulted by that man whether he was the one that actually did it or not is irrelevant he was in possession of videos and pictures of these kids being assaulted and he served less than five years in prison for it that's not okay these people, like these type of people, they don't change. They don't all of a sudden get better. They're always like that. And I think about the case with Operation Cathedral that I've talked about and Club Wonderland and Club Orchid with the biggest child pornography ring at the time in the late 90s. Most of the people behind that are already out of prison. It's like, Even back then, people did not care. And I think the biggest thing is there's no faces to these crimes. Because us survivors, we don't want to put our face out there. Because we're terrified of our abusers, our traffickers, our exploiters. And we're also terrified that we'll be recognized I know that there was a case back where I grew up and they said that he was a living boogeyman and there was the child sexual assault material found in his mobile home and oh god I can't remember how many pictures there were and there were names written on the wall that were I mean there was so much He was a very sick and disturbed man. I don't know if I was one of them, but I believe I was. It's a pretty good chance I was. And yeah, he looked at them. But when he was arrested, so did the police and the detectives, the people in evidence. And when he was brought to trial, the district attorney, his defense attorney, the judge... The jury, I mean, (laughs) there is so many people that see them even after they're caught, but people, they, they don't think about that. They don't connect to that. So that's why I wanted to bring up this topic, even though I don't like to get into politics, because when it comes to this, people don't really understand the severity for the victim, Because again, if you're just in possession of the material, the child isn't in the room with you. So a lot of people think it's not as bad, but it is because every single picture that was taken of me, every single video, all of it, I was there for that. And I remember most, not all, but... I know that there's people still looking at them and I will be 39 this week and some of them are over 30 years old and it's going to follow me for the rest of my life. And whenever I get that email from a police department from where I grew up that they found more images, it's always going to do the same thing. I'm going to feel exactly how I felt When all of that stuff was taken. So I ask, when you sit and think 6,700 children being assaulted in a matter of seconds. That's what distribution of child pornography or child sexual assault material literally is. It's not a victimless crime and it is an assault on a child. And when we talk about it, we have to say that. We have to stop talking about it in a way that makes it sound not as bad. We have to say the graphic details-ish. I mean, not obviously all the graphic details, but we have to say that is a child being assaulted. Because whether I was in the room with someone that looked at my picture or video or not, it doesn't make it less for me. And it certainly doesn't make me feel better thinking to myself, well, you know, I wasn't there when he looked at it, you know. There is so much. And I try to go on social media as an escape. But it's not so much an escape anymore, and I don't think it ever can be again. Everything is just craziness, and it's like, the drama is ridiculous. (laughs) And it's like, some people want everyone to be pissed off about sexual assaults, but you have to be more mad at this person than you are at that person. And well, this person made a joke and poor taste, but we have to be pissed off at that person. And it's just, oh, it makes my head spin. And it's, it's only hurting kids. I mean, I literally saw another video today about the Navy SEALs going into a cargo ship in the Suez Canal, and there were children in there, and blah, 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 blah. Like, it was literally the same story of when that ship got caught in the sandstorm. I think it was, like, what, last year, year before? And I just am sitting here thinking to myself, like, why do people just, like, How don't they see that this doesn't make any sense? And you're sharing a blog site, which I literally could make a news article on one of my domains that I own in about five seconds and make it look legit. But it's like, how is that helping? Because the sex traffickers are the ones that put out that false information. And when people continuously share it, They're doing it to get you off of their tail, so that way they can get away with it easier. But people don't want to hear that. They don't want to believe that. And they'd rather sit and argue with a survivor and tell that survivor that they just need to open their eyes. And they don't want to hear about, well... 26 years of it kind of kept my eyes pretty damn open. I always get the, the abuse didn't start and end at your door. And that just my experience isn't like anyone else's, which is true, except not in the sense that they're talking about. It's exhausting and it's frustrating and it just makes everything worse. And I think that's why I needed to take This three-week break, I didn't even realize how long it was. I was just binge-watching, as I always do. And I open back up social media, and it's just like the same regurgitated stories from two years ago. And I'm sure another one will come up soon. And it's like, I feel the same way I did as a child. Like, I'm standing in a crowded room, Screaming at the top of my lungs, but nobody wants to hear. It's not that nobody does, it's that nobody wants to. And I said to my husband probably a week or two ago that I just don't want to do it anymore because nobody's listening, nobody wants to. And I have a friend that says she shares my podcast with her family and they don't want to listen. Which is fine. I mean, no hate there. Nobody's forced to. I don't believe that people should be forced to listen, but people don't want to hear the truth. They don't know, they don't want to know the truth. But yet they'll sit here and demand to know the names in the Maxwell trial case, demand to know Epstein's client list. He had a black book. The names are already out there. But what do you intend to do with those names? Because you're just being distracted by one single sex trafficking case. What about all the other victims out there? What about all the other sex traffickers? It's very frustrating and it's very exhausting. But my husband reminded me that I did not start to be heard by millions. I started to be heard by just one. And I started this to reach just one person. And hopefully, I am reaching someone. And I know I have. I've had many survivors reach out to me, and victims as well that I'm currently helping out with escaping. And That matters. That matters a lot. But I feel like it's not enough. I feel like I can't do this on my own anymore. When I was being sex trafficked, some of the most horrible things happened. And I learned at a very young age that there are things out there that are worse than dying and worse than death. And I experienced them and I survived them. And I know a lot of people don't like the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But for me, it's true. For me, it did make me stronger because it's like, what is anyone going to do that's worse? Nobody's going to hurt me worse than my family has. Nobody is going to betray me worse than them. And certainly nobody's going to say anything to me that's worse than what has already been said. So I do feel like I got a lot of strength from my trauma. And I don't think it was just the surviving part. I think the strength from the trauma helped me survive. And that's my opinion. Other people have their own. But if we're going to do anything, and we're going to sit here and say that we're fighting the fight to save these children, save these women, save these men from being sex trafficked, from child sexual assault material, from childhood sexual assault, I mean, the list goes on and on, then we actually have to do that. And we can't do that if we're hiding behind conspiracy theories. We're not admitting that child sexual abuse material is an actual living, breathing child, and we're not doing that if we're not fighting the justice system for longer and stricter sentencing, and we're not fighting the legislators to pass stricter laws. So, new mission, and that's it. I'm going to start to fight these laws. I've been doing it, but I think I'm going to get myself more aggressive and I'm going to write more letters and I'm going to contact more people and I'm not going to stop until one of them hears me and one of them does something about it because this can't keep going on and somebody has to do it. So I'm going to. And I invite all of you to do it as well. I'm going to leave it there tonight because I'm still not feeling good. And I've had a massive headache for the past two days. My neck has been stiff with tension. And it's just been a nightmare for the past few days. So I would like to thank you for all the love and support. And the patience while I took a much needed break. I really feel like I got myself together and I can keep pushing forward. Like I said, I was making a few episodes a week since like November. So I I was getting pretty burnt out. So hopefully I'm able to keep going and I'm so thankful to have my husband and my friends that keep me going. But if you really want to stop and sex trafficking and all of this pain that happens to children and adults and you really want to make a difference don't just make a video and slap a hashtag on it write your legislators write the justice system I mean we can make a change we just have to do it together and there's enough of us that want to fight this. And I think we can actually do it. So again, thank you for the continued love and support. And I will talk with y'all soon. Have a good one.